Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Well, it's easy to think that in comparison to other people, I don't really have a lot of trauma. One of the biggest lies that we tell ourselves is that if somebody just knows about my behavior, if somebody just knows about my struggle, then that will motivate me to stay away from it. The only way to be healed is to allow ourselves to possibly be hurt again. And the things that you believe cut you off from other people connect you to other people. Hey, Drew, welcome to the Dear Young Married Couple podcast. Thank you. It's great to be with you in person. Right at our table. (laughs) We're honored to have you on again. Drew has been on our podcast several times and um, in different ways. We interviewed him. He interviewed us. Yes. And today we're excited to interview you on the missing ingredient in porn recovery. Yeah, it's wonderful to be able to link arms with other people in this space, in the podcasting, YouTube, whatever space to achieve um, wholeness, mm-hmm. health, and relationships, uh, and especially around pornography. Pornography just tears relationships and people's relationships with themselves mm-hmm. to shreds. Yeah. And uh, it's wonderful to link up with people like you to uh, talk about this difficult subject. Yes. Um, we've shared your credentials and your background before, but we're going to share it again. So Drew has a master's in ministry and um, give us the specific title. Christian formation. Christian formation and ministry. ministry. And then he also has um, a certification in sex addiction recovery. Tell us the exact title of that one. PSAP pastoral sex addiction professional Mm -hmm. by the same organization that certifies CSATs. Yes. That's awesome. And so he obviously is qualified, but I think more than all of that is the fruit of what he has done. Uh, It speaks Mm -hmm. for itself. Um, We've seen folks go through your program and testimonies that have come from the ministry that you have helping husband material, helping guys become husband (laughs) material. Yes. Husband material. Yes. Tell us a little bit about husband material. Husband Material is my organization helping Christian men outgrow porn, primarily through healing childhood trauma mm-hmm. and understanding where my specific triggers are coming from, mm-hmm. the fantasies that are being, uh, sorry, let me say it this way, um, the specific sexual fantasies that play out in the type of porn mm-hmm. that we are drawn to, and then getting down to the God-given desires yeah. and passions and purposes that we can lean into, that we can pursue, which leads to lifelong freedom when yeah. you can actually outgrow the behavior, not just quit it for a little while. That's mm. right. That's yeah. so good. It's powerful and obviously requires 
uh, so much willingness to go there. And, yes. and we're going to dive into a little bit more about what that looks like today. Yeah. So I guess just to kick it off, uh, we all know that porn recovery um, is fraught with danger and frustration and uh, a lot of people don't know how to do it and they tell themselves lies and myths mm-hmm. <laughs> or they buy the myth or whatever you want to talk say there. Mm-hmm. But um, what are, here's the question, what are some of the ways that um, people lie to themselves in the porn recovery process? I will speak both from experience having lied to myself for mm-hmm. many years and also worked with hundreds of guys, one of the biggest lies that we tell ourselves is that if somebody just knows about my behavior, if somebody just knows about my struggle, then that will motivate me mm-hmm. to stay away from it. Mm. And so you might get a porn accountability software like Covenant Eyes to make sure that certain people know about your behavior. And that can be one ingredient of the overall recovery process. And yet it's not sufficient. Uh, Simply having a police surveillance system Mm -hmm. trying to inform other people whether I'm doing good or whether I'm doing bad mm-hmm. is just the surface level. Yeah. And what we truly need is to be known in all of who we are, mm-hmm. to be known in my story, to be known in my specific sexual fantasies, even to be known in the things that are underneath the surface level, mm. uh, getting down to the soul level of my triggers, my trauma and my childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, being known at the heart level and that's not easy to do especially for men yeah right so what are the what is, okay totally agree with you what is the kickback that that you sometimes receive when you say that sort of thing like oh men want to be known and men need to get down to their childhood trauma and what's the but well it's easy to think that in comparison to other people I don't really have a lot of trauma. I grew up in a great family. My parents loved me. All these ideas, which may be true. Mm -hmm. And we all have suffered in various ways. Mm. We have all experienced heartache. We did not grow up in the Garden of Eden. Right. (laughs) And unless you deal with your suffering, no matter how great or small it is, you will almost certainly sexualize it. Mm. And that is where pornography comes in. Yeah. So if we want to get down to the root of what's underneath, we have to go back to the suffering. Why do you think it is that people sexualize their unprocessed trauma? I'll tell you why I did it. Okay. Because I needed to. Hmm. Because when you have no solution for the problems you're facing in life, Sexuality gives you a really easy way out. Yeah. Mm. At any time, at any place, if I can get off by myself and go off to another little world in my head, I can imagine a solution. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not as good as the real thing, it's like a pacifier yeah. that makes my inner child stop crying. Yeah. It's not actually providing nourishment or nutrition, mm. but it's coping with the pain. 
And as humans, we are sometimes motivated to pursue pleasure, but we will do anything to avoid pain. And I've lately started to think about sexually acting out as not just a sin, but really a type of false savior. Mm. Wow. What is it saving me from? Mm. And what is it saving me into? Wow. And most recently, thinking about how to interpret sexual fantasies, I've noticed three big themes that uh, you can see in the types of porn that people pursue. Okay. What are the themes? The themes are from fear to safety. Okay. From shame to glory. And from loss to connection. Oh my goodness. Unpack that a little bit. Maybe not the full blown version, but. Yeah. So for example, um, part of my story is being invasively kissed Hmm. and being licked by my grandmother. Okay. Hmm. I never would have thought that I was sexually abused, Mm -hmm. but this is part of my suffering. This is part of my story Hmm. of when I was a little boy. So I really, really did not feel safe mm. around women. Wow. Specifically older women. Interesting. And and so part of my specific type of pornography that, that really appealed to me mm-hmm. uh, was very much for other girls when mm. I was a little boy mm. and always stayed on the younger side and that felt safer to me. So there was, there was that storyline from fear mm-hmm. to safety. Okay. Mm. Interesting. It makes sense. Yeah. And so that's one of those storylines. Another one is shame to glory. Um, the things that I am ashamed of in myself uh, become transformed into what I wish that I was like. Mm. Uh, sometimes a porn fantasy will show you and not just uh, some other person that you want, but who you wish that you were. Mm. You know, that's another question we can ask is, who am I in this fantasy? Mm. Yeah. Um, so, so that's another one from shame to glory and also from loss to connection. Um, for example, when I was 13 years old, my family moved uh, to a different country and I lost all my connections at that other place. And I realized that part of my fantasies were bringing me back to that place when I was 13 years old, bringing me back to that place. Uh, and it's specifically a fetish for braces and orthodontics. And it, it took me back to that place where all the kids had braces and orthodontics at that time in my life. Hmm. So it was actually not just uh, some freakish weird thing that I thought, well, I guess God created me this way, or I guess this is random, but it's, it's telling a story and, yeah. and it's giving me connection with what I lost. Wow. So those are some of the different uh, things that I've been, really wrestling with and working yeah. through and, and seeing in, in that way, the fantasy and, and the sexual sin is a type of savior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And once I can identify that, then I can turn to a better savior, especially Jesus That's to right. meet those needs. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. <sighs> and it, it takes so much honesty to be able to look at your brokenness to understand that you need to fix something. Mm-hmm. So many people, you know, sweep it under, as we call it, the God rug. Mm-hmm. And they never take a look at, here, this is where I need to work. I, I forgot who said it, but they said, you know, a lot of times our sexual brokenness points to how we need to be sexually healed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Jay Stringer. Exactly, right. And that's what you're saying. Like, look, if you could see these patterns here, you know where to start allowing God to work in you yeah. to yeah. heal so that you can turn to the right yeah. form of healing rather than the exactly a, the pacifier. A pacifier. Yeah, turning to the true safety, right. the true glory, and the true connection so that good. we all need. And one of the biggest ways that's happened in my life is through community. Mm. Uh, is through telling my story, being yes. honest about this stuff yeah. with real 
people. And this was yeah. always easy for you, right? No. <laughs> no, the only reason I can even share this articulately, much less publicly, is because I've done it dozens of times. Yeah. And shared a little bit more every time. Mm-hmm. A little bit more every time. Yeah. And finding that what I hate about myself doesn't disqualify me from being loved. Ah, it's so good. Yeah. So there was a point of time that you hid all of these things from other people, from yourself, even probably from God in some ways. Years. Mm. Not just a point in time. It was most of my life from puberty and the emergence of my sexual feelings mm. uh, until college when I started to tell my story a little bit and mm. started to find community. Uh, but really things got real when I began to deal with the specifics and the particulars, like what I just shared with you mm-hmm. all, um, the power is in the particularity. Why wow. is that? Like help guys understand that because they might not even want to go there because that they feel maybe dirty or maybe like, oh, that was nothing. You know, the, the whole, you know, I'm tough and that doesn't affect me. Spirit mm-hmm. comes out. Yeah. Well, the reality is there's no such thing as porn in general. There's only particular types of porn. Huh. Every single type of porn is particular. It's a particular person. Yeah. And that appeals to Mm. specific types of people Mm. uh, doing particular activities. I mean, so good. There's no such thing as, oh, yeah, I just use porn. Like, like, what are you talking about? Sure. Yeah. But isn't that the objectification of people? Yes. That's what we're trying to avoid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to objectify people. We're trying to, oh, that's what we do when. When people are in porn or like addicted to porn, it's just it's just yeah. porn. Oh, you're so right. I mean, that's actually a really good point because when I'm talking about a specific sexual attraction or a sexual urge, um, it's so much more humanizing mm. to say, uh, I was attracted to this video featuring uh, these human beings mm. rather than... Um, I messed up or I failed or, right. or, or I just, I just had a bad day. Ah, uh, you know? yeah. Okay. So if somebody is, you know, running a, um, porn recovery group or a small group or just a general like celebrate recovery or saved and sober where they're getting together to like support each other. Yeah we probably would hear a lot of this general talk of like, yeah, I relapsed and, you know, talk about if if you're talking to someone who's either running a group like that or participating in a group like that, what are some of the do's and don'ts? Oh, my heart goes out to that person. Yes. (laughs) Because I've been there. Yeah. It's it's such a difficult type of ministry. Mm -hmm. It can be really discouraging. And I see two equal errors. Okay. When you're leading that kind of group, either it becomes legalistic and stressful hmm. or it becomes licentious and stagnant, hmm. stressful yeah. or stagnant. Um, hmm. It becomes stressful if you're always focusing on your behaviors and asking, OK, how'd you do this week? And the people who this outcome focused <laughs> yeah. 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 and the people who supposedly did well, uh, they feel proud of themselves and self-righteous and then people who didn't do well uh, <laughs> feel ashamed of themselves. Yeah. And and in comparison, uh, it's it's a easy path to self-loathing mm. Um, mm. and to feeling really small. Yeah. And all of this comparison, it doesn't help us grow. It doesn't help us heal. Mm-hmm. So 
in the groups that I lead, we focus much more on curiosity and compassion. Ah, mm. So good. Curiosity means I'm a learner. I'm not a teacher. I'm not telling somebody else what to do. I'm not shooting all over myself <laughs> or someone else. Yeah. Uh, when they share part of their story or what they've been struggling with, I'm wondering, hmm, where might that be coming from? Mm. I wonder what's going on there. Uh, and maybe that leads to a deeper conversation. And also compassion, relating with kindness um, and, and acceptance and tenderness mm-hmm. uh, rather than toughness. Mm-hmm. So good. So if we could just like capture all of what you just now said with how to approach someone else, I would use that same exact wording for how to approach yourself as well. Mm-hmm. When we're trying to learn about ourselves and how so often people, like you said, it's an easy path to self-loathing. They do that same thing. Instead of curiosity yeah. and compassion and empathy, right. we start throwing rocks at ourselves, yeah. especially mm-hmm. our younger self, like you yes. dummy, you know, like <laughs> you shouldn't have been there or you yep. should have mm-hmm. done something. You should mm-hmm. have. And, and, and that's painful and that's, uh, just another hook mm-hmm. that's set in your jaw to keep you in addiction. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. That should have whatever fill in the blank, but specifically should have done something, mm-hmm. should have done something differently, should have told someone that mm-hmm. is such a theme in recovery. When I'm working with trauma, yep. you know, folks yes. who are, have really been a victim of abuse or trauma there, they have this responsibility statement of I should have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so what you're saying is when we're working with anything around difficult subjects like addiction, we have to take the shoulds out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Yes. And <sighs> go with love, mm-hmm. empathy, compassion, and curiosity. Mm-hmm. So for everyone who has been waiting for the... 16 plus minutes um, to hear what is the missing ingredient in porn recovery. Let's dive right into it. We've been hinting at it, but what is dancing all around? Yeah. What is that missing ingredient that a lot of people uh, forego? They miss out on this ingredient and therefore don't get deep healing. The missing ingredient sounds so simple. It's love. Mm. It's love. The problem is to be loved requires me to be known and to be truly known requires me to be vulnerable. And that's really easy. That's really, really (laughs) terrifying. Mm -hmm. If you actually are vulnerable, uh, the word vulnerability comes from the Latin vulnus, which means wound. Mm. So it's to be woundable. Hmm. It's to be hurtable. And that's why we avoid it yes, because <laughs> yes. we don't want to get hurt. But the only mm-hmm. way to be healed is to allow ourselves to possibly be hurt again Yes, with a safe person mm-hmm. who can respond with love and connection. Wow. So in other words, vulnerability is different than transparency. Mm-hmm. Transparency means I will open up and let you see a certain part of me but there can still be a barrier in the way. Uh, like at a zoo, looking through a glass mm. at an animal. Okay. Let's say you're looking into the lion exhibit. Uh, that barrier is transparent, so you can see the lion. But what happens when you take away that barrier? Yeah, scary. Now all of a sudden, 
You're vulnerable. You're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. It just got real. It just got real. (laughs) And you can feel that in yourself when you're sharing. It's like you can be telling this truth about your story and, oh, yeah, this happened to me and I I have these issues. But you know when it gets real. Mm -hmm. And when it gets real is when somebody actually has the ability to possibly touch you Mm -hmm. emotionally Mm -hmm. or maybe even physically to give you a hug. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because... When somebody has access to you at a, at a close proximity, mm. they can either hurt you or heal you. Yeah. And that, that space of vulnerability is what I try to create. Um, and those are the kinds of communities where you can get hurt. Yeah. And you know what? You probably will get hurt. Hmm. But hopefully we're creating a culture of curiosity and compassion mm. where when there is conflict, we can actually repair it rather than ignore it or avoid each other mm-hmm. when it comes up. Yeah. When people are considering um, being a part of a support group like that, whether it's online or at their church, and they have fears surrounding it, they have some things getting in the way of like, I don't know if I'm going to go or if I'm going to share if I do go. Um, do they readily think like, okay, I, I fear getting hurt? Or do they have some other surface fears that come up? Like, I fear that my stuff's going to get told other people or what are some of those fears we'll be right back to the interview but first we wanted to share something that we are really excited about so you know we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place and then on top of that we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations and that's why we created the monthly live date night And Monthly Live Date Night is every month on a Friday night for 90 minutes, 60 minutes. We focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick. And then 30 minutes, we do a QA and a and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. Uh, We have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in. But we really want you to take action in your marriage too. So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details. All right, back to the interview. I mean, confidentiality is a major concern. You want to be sure that wherever you're going to share is confidential. Right. Also, there can be a fear of, will I be the only one? Hmm. Or if I open up, how will I be received? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in my experience, the only way to answer those fears is to watch someone else go first to see someone else be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happens all the time. <laughs> it's hard to find. <laughs> it is. And so the reality is there are not a lot of safe spaces. Yeah. Right. Uh, even in places that are trying to be safe. Mm-hmm. If somebody spills all of their suffering and, and sexual specifics out, um, are they going to be held are they going to be healed? Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, then maybe maybe you need to find another spot. Yeah. What are some of the ground rules or expectations, like cultural norms that you put in place in your group so that people are received in a certain way? It's really important to emphasize safety. And if something ever feels off uh-huh. or in your gut, like... Mm, this does not feel appropriate or something mm. like that, then we make it 
a very big priority to report mm-hmm. anything like that mm-hmm. so that we can look into it mm-hmm. uh, with curiosity mm-hmm. and with compassion. Mm-hmm. And then another big one is empathy. Yeah. Empathy means to suffer with someone rather than try to slap a solution yeah. Yeah. on what they're experiencing. That sometimes looks like simply repeating back what the other person says, yeah. identifying emotions, yeah. and also to to use some little uh, sentence terms like, it sounds like, mm-hmm. uh, or I wonder if. Yeah. Uh, and I know you guys have some really great tools for this too. <laughs> uh, we do. Yeah. Our favorite is because, because, because. Yeah. So that makes sense because. So someone feels understood. They feel known. Yeah, it slows it slows people down. But you have to have actually a lot of base knowledge before you right. use about that person before you use that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is so good. How so? Say there's a guy listening right now, and he's like, "Okay, this sounds good, Drew. You know, mm-hmm. I, I want to be vulnerable. I want to start talking about this stuff to understand myself better, so I can start healing. How do I go about doing this? You know, like how do I?" Um, maybe, maybe he's already started the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, is it possible to, to find a friend to talk to or like, how do you go about creating openness, like real friendship? I, that's really what we're talking right. about. We're yeah. talking about real friendships and not yes. just like something like commonalities in what we do. Yeah. I feel like that's what guys safely go to of like, we fish <laughs> <laughs> or like, we, we golf. golf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like how Chris was on that one. <laughs> it's so true. Instead of like seeing golf as an avenue for mm-hmm. friendship, we see friendship as an avenue for golf. Mm. Yeah. You could say the same thing with accountability. Yeah. Um, I have this friend, so maybe then they could be my accountability partner. No, the whole accountability structure is for the sake of these deeper heart level conversations huh. that hopefully will come from it. Yeah. And... In our world right now, we crave friendship mm-hmm. more than ever, mm-hmm. especially over the course of the last two years yeah. in COVID-19, yeah. and yet we feel powerless and clueless about how to actually make friends as mm-hmm. individuals, as men, and as women, as couples. Gosh, isn't it so hard to make friends as yes. couples? It is. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's yes. so difficult. Mm-hmm. I, I think, just to tag in, I know you have more to say here. I think it's because a lot of friendships are missing the ingredients that you already mentioned. Yeah. Yes. That people mm-hmm. are so desperate to be understood that they don't take the time to understand. Mm. So they're so desperate to, to, I need to feel like someone knows me, mm-hmm. that I dump everything, but never give the other person a chance to be understood, right? Like, they don't, they don't share empathy. They don't share. It, it's one-sided. Mm-hmm. And a friendship has to be mutual. They're not a good container. Right. Yeah. In our communities, I like to think of it as creating containers of kindness. Mm. Creating mm. a container for kindness. It's good. That is what we all need. And a shortcut is to get vulnerable mm-hmm. about our sexuality, yeah. about our stories of suffering. So true. Mm-hmm. That will create connection and community faster than almost anything else mm-hmm. no, if you can so keep right. it safe. So oh, yes. just to tag in, so a book I'm reading right now is called Story Worthy by Matthew Dix. 
and he um, he's won like the Moth Grand Slam six times, and he's like the master storyteller. And he he was saying in the in his book, he said, you know, don't don't tell a story just about someone, you know, even historical figures. He's like, after a while, like they're they're not going to sit across from the table from you. They're they're not relatable. They're they're not here, you know. Mm-hmm. He says, but the real stories you want to tell are your stories, and you want to tell stories that are relatable, like that could happen to me. Mm-hmm. And he says. And the only way that works is if you're vulnerable with your storytelling. Yeah. And and he was saying the exact same thing. It's like, this is the quickest link to someone else's heart. Mm-hmm. It's telling them a relatable story of like, that's vulnerable of, of like, here, I'm going to share something that's a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. might be hard to hold, but right. then uh, you hold it for me. Oh, there's a, thank you. Yeah. So how do we create more space for that yes so you tell us (laughs) you don't do it by getting together with your small group and talking about the highs and lows of the week Mm. i mean that can help but that's not going to create the kind of community we're talking about right being fully known and loved Mm -hmm. one way that i have learned from Adam and Carissa <laughs> is to create a card deck. <laughs> Tell us. Well, I absolutely loved the card decks that you have created and I use them with my wife uh, on a road trip to come here. We were reading those cards. Aww. We actually were redoing them because after a little while, our answers change. They, yes, do. they do. Yes. So you've created these amazing card decks for couples to connect with each other. And I was so inspired because I work with men who also need a little bit of help to get these conversations going. And the couple's cards wouldn't work for men. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, especially the expectations are not going to apply. I'm sorry, yeah. Would not work. Don't try that. (laughs) Yeah, so I got to work and I've been asking questions in my private community for a couple years now and some of them really resonate mm-hmm. yeah so i took the questions that resonated the most and created my own card deck it's called man cards so brilliant that's such a good i name. love it and Thanks. folks we actually got to receive an advanced copy of the man cards deck and i think uh, what i love about it most is how you've developed four levels of vulnerability mm-hmm. so it's not like you're diving right into super deep questions that you you don't want to like talk about with someone you've only known for a little bit. You know, you're starting with questions that are not as deep, but still require a little bit of vulnerability. Yeah. And so I I love that. And we're actually going to, we're going to share a few of the questions today. You have to buy the car deck in order to see see all of them, but yes. And we're (laughs) going to put all of that in the show notes. So you'll get the link there to the Amazon page. You can go get it. It'll be on Amazon Prime. On Amazon with Prime. Yep. Getyourmancards.com. Getyourmancards.com. So we'll put all that in the show notes. Um, But we're going to share a few of them as samples today. Is that cool with you? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, so like, like Chris had just said, they start with um, a a lighter question at the Mm -hmm. very beginning and go to pretty heavy at the end. Yeah. Um, And that's really important for guys because we need to feel like we have a sense of control over what Uh we're going to share. Yes. So you get to choose 
your level of vulnerability. Maybe somebody is ready for like question number eight. And maybe somebody else says, all right, hit me with 42. And they're going really vulnerable. (laughs) Isn't it funny how men are willing to take the challenge to lift heavier and heavier weights or run farther and farther or beat each other in the lowest golf score. But when it comes to emotional acuity or just vulnerability, vulnerability, Yeah. Well, let's create a culture where that is something we strive for. Yeah. Yes. So this is how you could practically do it. And before the end, I would love uh, your input on how to introduce this to a friend mm-hmm. or, or to a small group, group. Yeah. To make Oof. it natural, because that might be a barrier. But once they're going, I think this would like. So, question number five: How can I pray for you this week? Mm-hmm. I love that. I know it's a simple starting question, but a lot of times, like, hey, I'm praying for you but we don't yeah. ever ask for specifics. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then there's a tip at the bottom, which all of the cards have a question and then a tip or a challenge or quote or example. And the tip at the bottom of this one is make a note of this prayer request and check in after a few days. Notice any ways God might be answering your prayers. So it's not only giving you a prompt in conversation, but it's also giving you an action item to continue and strengthen that friendship and your spiritual walk. Yes. Personally, I feel so loved when somebody follows up mm-hmm. on a prayer request. Yeah. Oh, hey, how's that actually going? It's been a couple weeks. Yep. Wow, they care. They remembered me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, it's disproving some of the lies that I'm forgettable or I'm invisible. Exactly. And and it's it's allowing ourselves to be loved, right? Yes. That's what this yes. is all about. Yeah. yeah. I, I loved and it, known. I I do tend to think that a specific prayer mm-hmm. is probably more effective oh yeah then just a general god help them yes god right. touch them right yeah and um i liked this you actually referenced it earlier and i thought of this card but if um if you know your love languages how do you prefer to receive love how do you prefer to express love i thought that was brilliant just because um guys don't have to talk about how they want to be loved by a buddy <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. It's true. Like we know, okay, it's okay to say, hey, I'm a physical touch for my wife. Yeah. But, you know, how does that translate? Mm -hmm. That's that's really good. And normally, especially in our Western culture. Yes. That might be weird for too much physical. I mean, I'm not saying getting weird, but (laughs) like a a hug might be weird for a guy Mm -hmm. where where that's normally okay. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A seven second hug can actually sink in, but it might feel uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah. And we need non-sexual physical touch from the same sex as well as the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Yep. That's so good. And talking specifically about, because it's going to be, it's going to be different from person to person, Mm -hmm. but what is comfortable, uh, what's uncomfortable but needed, Yeah. um, where does it cross the line where it does feel weird you know, like yeah. I think all of that needs to be talked about, but that's kind of taboo. Like, right. right? Why would we talk about that in well, church settings? Yeah. 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 Unless we have a prompt from a card yep. that's a fun game to talk about. Right. Yeah. Boy, that's so, so important for guys. And it, it, I think guys don't realize how much they are starving for it. Mm-hmm. I was actually just talking to a client um, that he was sent at an early age to a boarding school and had no physical touch Mm. from you know teachers can't do too much right so so he was starving for it from his wife from his friends 
And we got down to it of like, ha, yeah. this is why you need it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But a lot of men aren't given a lot of that as boys. Yeah. True. Because come on, get up, be tough. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. there's so much there. I, I We could talk for a long time on yeah. just that one. And in one of your card decks, you had this great insight that the more a spouse spends time with their own friends, then that will have like a rubber band effect yep. yes. and it will lead to more closeness in the marriage. Yep. So true. And that's a lot of the purpose of what these cards are designed to I do. Love that. Yes. I love that. I love that. Yep. So those two questions were from the um, level one. What do you call them? Like level one. Yeah. Level one is the surface. Level four <laughs> is the deep end. Okay. So that was the surface. So here's the next level, level two. So you have questions like, um, uh, let's see, question 27. How has church helped or hindered your healing? So we're really good at talking about how it's helped us, mm-hmm. right? But we're we're a little bit shy on talking about how it's hindered. Why, why did you write that question? Because church hurt is so real. Yeah. It's a reason why a lot of us are leaving the church because mm-hmm. we can't talk about it and we mm-hmm. can't engage in rupture and repair and and we get burned and so allowing each other to be hurt or feel hurt Mm -hmm. in church settings to me seems really important for creating a safe environment yeah so good yep that is good so being able to talk about that you might find some commonalities too and it's not to you know have just a a dumping session of like, let's just bash on the church. That's why we say, how has it helped you as well? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Because there's been obviously, and you have a quote here by Tim Keller, the church is not a museum for pristine saints, but a hospital ward for broken sinners. And we do have that brokenness that, that a lot of people can experience, but we also have incredible spiritual healing that the church brings. Mm -hmm. So I love that if you're being vulnerable at a level two, you can talk about both of those. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I, I found another question. I These are only a couple of them. Not to give, give away too many of these, but they're just so good. So um, I, I really like this and we won't go too far because I don't want to give away all of them, but go for it. I don't 29, <laughs> 29. I like this one. What's one warning sign that you're not doing well? Wow. That's so important. That's beautiful. And you also share some examples on that card. Can you share, like, what are what would people say as far as warning signs that they're not doing well? For example, biting my nails, staying up too late, neglecting spiritual practices, binging on social media. Mm-hmm. Basically, those all came from my life. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, you're yeah. being vulnerable again. Stop that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially if I find myself kind of drifting toward my phone. Uh-huh. Um, okay, that's a time for curiosity. Yeah. Why? What's going on here? Mm -hmm. And then, oh, that makes so much sense because, because, Mm -hmm. because, um, how am I going to respond to myself with love? Yeah. uh, Not shame yourself out of it. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. Exactly. Um, So this language of what's one warning sign that you're not doing well is designed to remove shame. Yeah. And I think of it as the rumble strips on the edge of the highway. Uh, just a gentle reminder to come back, come mm-hmm. back to the center, come back to the middle yep. so that you don't go off the rails. Mm. That's a good metaphor. And you're also inviting the recipient, the person you're speaking with, to 
keep you accountable, right? Yes, and not right. in the caught you type of way, right. but looking for that warning sign and saying, hey, like I noticed, like, do I have permission to talk with you about this? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. My wife, Rebecca, has a really great question for me saying, are you doing what you want to be doing right now? That's good. Because sometimes being on my phone I like that. can be a warning sign that I really am drifting or maybe there's something important that I'm attending to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her curiosity is such a gift. Good. And it's And as you said, it's preemptive yeah. uh, so that maybe we can prevent mm-hmm. uh, something that would have deteriorated if right. if it was left unchecked. Yeah. 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 You were talking earlier about how these cards can be used. Um, I mean, obviously they're designed to be used among men and their friends, mm-hmm. but they can be used as a couple too. Yeah. And so if a couple is going through recovery and they want to get more vulnerable with each other and, you know, the spouse is in a place to receive and be a container, then they can go through some of these questions together as a couple. Yeah. And let's be real. I mean, do you think it's harder for men to open up or for women to open up? Oh, yeah. that's a good question. I think I think men at the surface, for sure. I think we have an image of ourselves that's tough. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and, and this is kind of modeled for us in our culture. Yeah. yeah. So we have to be strong and, you know, not hurt and not show pain. I think you had a question there, like, when's the last time you cried? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which I... I, I think a lot of men try to probably push that into the darkest recesses of their, or never have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that will tell you something too. Mm-hmm. So I think this is helping men actually regain some emotional intelligence, yes. which mm-hmm. I think a lot of men are lacking yeah. just to slow down enough to look at themselves and go, okay, where am I in life? Mm-hmm. You know, what do I really want? Friendships are amazing. Yeah. Yep. How do I have better friendships? Because for a lot of people, it's that's not modeled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're preaching to me. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So as these get deeper, we'll just share a few more. So um, I like this one. What does healthy sexuality look like for you? Um, And this is a quote that you have, actually. Sexuality is a much larger category than sex. It's our embodied capacity for intimate relationships. So what does that look like in a healthy way? You're talking about that vulnerably amongst friends. Um, another one along those same lines, and this is even deeper. I think this is, is this one of the deepest questions? Question 40? Yeah. Yeah. One of them. So in what healthy ways do you expend pent up sexual energy? So for example, working out, be creative, play, serving others, pursue greater purpose, enjoy the outdoors. These are all, you're brainstorming with your buds. Yeah. Like how can we, right. you know, expend pent up sexual energy in healthy ways. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And also for singles. Yeah, I was thinking that. That's huge because oftentimes mm-hmm. in singleness we can assume there is no outlet for me. Right. Uh, what am I supposed to do with all this energy? Mm-hmm. And embedded in that question there's an assumption. Yes. Yeah. That yep. there is a direction. There's a place I can go. Mm-hmm. God has given me this marvelous world. Uh, to enjoy, how am I going to do that as a single person or as a married person, especially when sex is not a part of life at a certain yes. time? Yes. This is just so good. I mean, Okay, just to comment on this. So many people, and, and you've talked about this uh, in a previous podcast, that um, they turn to pacifiers. Yeah. So instead of actually addressing that energy that is pent up, <laughs> yeah. they go to their phone uh-huh. or they go to some, you know, 
other behaviors to, you know, maybe try to get away from, you know, like expressing themselves with pornography, Mm -hmm. but instead you're suggesting, Hey, you know, you can actually express yourself sexually, but, but through a different means like Mm -hmm. art or through something uh, that you're creative with. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that. That's such a, I would love to just take this card and explore it. Yeah, totally. Okay, so if people want to explore these cards, <laughs> um, first, before we talk about, you know, the emphasis on getting them, where can they use them? So, like, we've we've talked about small groups. I mean, can youth groups, this is for singles too, right? Yeah, probably more for young adults. Young adults. Teenagers. Mm-hmm. What age would you say? Because that's going to be a popular question. 18 and up. Okay. Yeah. So not necessarily the the 14, 15, 16s that are dealing with pornography. Yeah, at that point they're still under the care of their parents. Okay. And uh and so I think if they are going to use something like this, it would need to be approved by parents. Sure. That makes That's sense. Good. Yeah. So if there's approval by parents, can you see youth pastors and young adult pastors getting some guys together to go through some cards like this? Yeah. And just ask each other these kinds of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you want to come up with your own. The whole point is to go deeper, Yeah, to develop deeper friendships because we need them. They're yes. not optional. Uh, they're not an add-on. It's core to human flourishing. Oh, yes. so good. Maybe that's why God said it's not good that a man be alone. That's right. Mm-hmm. And of course he created women, but through women, more people are had so yeah. there can be friendships. Yeah, and Psalm 133 says how good and pleasing it is when brothers or brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And we can only know that there's unity if we're actually having deep conversations. Yes. Yeah, so you can use it in a group. You can use it at a coffee shop with a friend. You could use it on a road trip or during a retreat. Mm-hmm. Or a backpacking trip or yeah. a walk. There you go. Yeah. Totally. Because those types of trips create hours of conversation. Right. And these cards, you guys, uh, we've, we've heard so many people say about our cards, and I would say the same of the potential for these cards, that they, one card can create (laughs) hours of conversation. (laughs) So true. Totally. They're supposed to. Yep. (laughs) Yep. So guys, Really be serious about your friendships. That's something that I've been convicted about lately. Just mm-hmm. really thinking about like so often we take for granted the beautiful friendships that God has put in our life. Yeah. So take it seriously. Take that gift seriously. Mm-hmm. Invest in your friendships, not just in golf or in, in <laughs> hunting, but invest your time, your energy, your effort, your mental energy into developing people you know that the friendship and camaraderie so that we can have unity like you said drew thank you so much for this uh, resource and your time and your all your studies that you've put in to help men um it's it's not unnoticed for sure thank you for inspiring me to create it in the first place Uh, this wouldn't be here without you guys well we are so excited about the impact that these cards are going to have so folks can go to 
get man cards. Get your man cards. Get your mancards.com. Get your man cards. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll put it in the show notes as well. And then um, tell folks where they can get a hold of your groups. Um, yeah. your app, you have an app as well. Yep. We yep. have a free private online community mm-hmm. where I'm asking a new question like this every week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that's all at husbandmaterial.com. Husbandmaterial.com. And then on Instagram. Husband Material Men. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Okay. We're going to close out like we close out all of our episodes. And but maybe give, a, give advice to... Um, a man. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe someone who was in your shoes. So the question we always ask is rewinding back to your first couple years of marriage. What advice do you wish you would have received? And then fill in the blank, dear young married couple, or in this case, dear young husband. The things that you hate about yourself and the things that you believe cut you off from other people connect you to other people your quirks, your flaws, your sexual brokenness, your fantasies, your secret thoughts do not have to condemn you. They can actually connect you. And the greatest shortcut to being known and loved is to be vulnerable, not just transparent, but authentically yourself in the weirdest ways. That is how you will experience the love of Jesus in your body, through his body. Amen. Wow. <laughs> wow. Altar call. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. Thank you so much. Thank this you, has Drew. been so good and such a fun conversation. Yeah, we're looking forward to hearing people's feedback about this one in particular. I know that the work you're doing is making an impact. Thank you. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at dearyoungmarriedcouple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right, see you next week.